Welcome to another edition of the MLEX podcast. I'm Leah Nylon, MLEX's Chief Global Antitrust Correspondent in Washington, D.C. We're here today to talk about aluminum foil. Yes, that kind of aluminum foil. The kind you might use on a baking sheet to make cookies or to make little hats to keep out the aliens. You might be surprised to discover that aluminum foil has become a significant flashpoint in U.S.-China trade relations. Here to talk to us about it is MLEX's U.S. trade correspondent, Adam Siegel. Hi, Adam. Hi, Leah. So, Adam, can you tell us a little bit about how aluminum foil became important and why do China and the U.S. care so much about it? So the U.S. and China are fighting over how anti-dumping duties are going to be calculated on Chinese imports. And the reason aluminum foil got involved is because aluminum foil was the first case that was filed in the United States after a very important date, and that's December 16th, 2016. And that date is the 15th anniversary of China's joining the WTO, the World Trade Organization. And the reason that that's important is that when China joined, they had an agreement with all the other members that said, for 15 years, you can treat us in a certain way when you're calculating our anti-dumping duties, and that's to assume that we are not a market economy. Being treated as a market economy or a non-market economy changes how the United States calculates anti-dumping duties on Chinese imports. How do we normally uh, calculate duty rates and why does it even matter if China is a market economy or a non-market economy? So what the U.S. does is it considers how much a good costs to make. And for a market economy, usually this is pretty simple. We're going to take a look at how much the purchases are of the company and what are the costs of the inputs in terms of labor and energy and that type of a thing. And for a non-market economy country, essentially we don't trust the value of that steel input or the value of the energy in that country. And so we look at data from other third countries, not the United States, not from China. We look at, say, the Ukraine or Thailand, and we call these things surrogate values. We look at these surrogate values, and that data is what we use to calculate the anti-dumping duties. And when we use non-market economy methodology instead of market economy methodology, it increases the duty rates by 50 to 100% on average for an individual product. So what I hear you saying is China is telling the U.S. that now it needs to calculate anti-dumping duties as if it were a market economy. Why doesn't it just ask the WTO to force the U.S. to do this? So it's an interesting question, Leah. Actually, China did file a case at the WTO against both the United States and the European Union. And in both cases, consultations are pending. That means that the cases are moving forward. For the case against the United States, it's very important to understand that a party has to be injured before a court can take action. And because aluminum foil was the first case, the first domestic investigation into imports from China filed after December 16, 2016, that's the first case that China says where it should have been treated as a market economy. Okay, so what did the U.S. Commerce Department do in the aluminum foil case? So recently, the agency put out its preliminary results, and those preliminary results set a temporary cash deposit on the foil imports. Basically, when a company brings in uh, aluminum foil, it has to place, uh, it has to give money to the customs department to hold on to. And they base that rate on a finding that China is still a non-market economy. So they said China's not a market economy. 
But it didn't just continue its old assumption as it did for the last 15 years, which says, oh, we just always assume that China's a non-market economy. It decided to take it upon itself to reevaluate the entirety of the Chinese economy. And in doing that, it looked at a six-part test. It takes a look at things like ownership of the steel mills and the aluminum mills. It takes a look at how fungible is the Chinese renminbi. It takes a look at whether or not labor rates are set according to market standards or not. But the aluminum industry is one of the most highly regulated and state-controlled industries in all of China. And it's really not a surprise that when the Commerce Department looked at the production of aluminum foil, it found that it was being done under non-market economy conditions. And so what happened is, is that uh, China took this finding and it updated its complaint at the World Trade Organization and said that it, the finding was a breach of the U.S.'s commitment under its accession agreement. It sounds a lot like the U.S. and China are talking past each other. Exactly. Because what China is saying is that the WTO rules require it to be treated as a market economy country, regardless of whether it's acting as a market or a non-market economy country. But the U.S. is saying that it's going to take a look at what is happening inside of China and evaluate it. And it believes that its investigation shows that China is still behaving as a non-market economy country. So this topic sounds pretty political. Um, what has happened that is sort of strange with the publication of these case results? So this is a very political issue. And we know that the Chinese have been asking directly in high-level exchanges with the U.S., and that the U.S. negotiators are telling us that this isn't something that they're going to give ground on. The Commerce Department had originally delayed its findings. It was due in late October, and it shifted that date to November 30th. And this change in date moved the publication from before Donald Trump's trip to Asia, where he was set to meet with Xi Jinping, to after. And without any explanation, the Commerce Department released those findings right before Trump left and said that China is not a market economy. Remember that the preliminary findings require the importing companies to put cash deposits with the U.S. Customs Department. And this is the first form of trade relief that happens after a company files its case. And this delay meant that it was significant in delaying relief for the U.S. aluminum industry. And what's also, hap what's also interesting that happened here is that lawyers for China filed a lawsuit at the U.S. Court of International Trade claiming that the delay actually moved the, the determination beyond the date that Commerce was supposed to act by. Commerce has given 180 days to make its preliminary determinations, and the date that it actually published its preliminary determinations on was several days beyond that. And the CIT judge ruled that while it was too early for it to decide whether or not to throw the whole case out, that China could still bring that complaint back after the investigation is finalized. Okay, great. So it sounds like this is going to be going on for quite a while. Yeah, we should have a lot of interesting developments in early 2018. Uh, we'll hear the final results from the U.S. Department of Commerce and the U.S. International Trade Commission, and we'll see whether or not the U.S. assesses duties. And at that point, by the summer and fall, we'll also start to hear the first steps from the WTO in its ruling on how the EU and the U.S. are handling China's non-market economy status. So there's a lot of really interesting things to look out for here. Okay, thank you very much. This has been another edition of the MLEX podcast. I'm here with Adam Siegel, MLEX's primary trade correspondent in the U.S. I'm Leah Nylon, MLEX's chief global antitrust correspondent. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.